Welcome to The Glow Show. My name is Pastor Sarah Stadler, and I've served Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Phoenix for the past 11 years. During fall 2021, here on The Glow Show, we are exploring the theme, Theological ABCs. Today, we lift up the letter R for righteousness. I think for most of us, we have negative connotations with this word, righteousness, because we immediately think of self-righteousness or someone being self-righteous. What does a self-righteous person look like? They think they're right all of the time. They look down their noses at other people. They believe they are especially moral or ethical or good a notch above everyone else. Self-righteous people have a hard time seeing and accepting the ways they are not perfect, the ways they fail, the unethical or immoral decisions they make. And perhaps the number one way folks who are self-righteous fail is by thinking and declaring to others that they really live above the fray of sin and brokenness. That's self-righteousness. But what is righteousness? Well, in the Bible, the word righteous appears hundreds of times, and the word righteousness appears hundreds of times, but it depends on the New Testament versus the Old Testament how the biblical writers see the words righteous and righteousness. In the Old Testament, it's very clear that God is righteous. Righteousness is an attribute of God. And that attribute is in stark contrast with the people, especially with the leaders of the Jewish people. God is righteous, so God is forgiving, God is merciful, God is gracious, God is loving. Everything that God is, is righteous. God is good. In the Old Testament, the prophets... So both the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and the minor prophets like Amos and Micah see righteousness as a very important aspect of our life together. And really, I should say that it's not the prophets themselves, but God who sees righteousness as an important practice for our life together, because of course the prophets are speaking the word of God to the people of God. So the prophets are not speaking their own words. They're speaking God's word to the people. Righteousness among people is about goodness, equality, fairness. Throughout the prophets, we hear a call to righteousness, which is really to sum it up, right action. According to God in the Old Testament, right action is caring for people who are most vulnerable. In the prophet's day, that was widows and orphans. Right action is ending the enslavement of others, ensuring that everyone eats, ensuring everyone has a home, ensuring everyone has clothing, basically ensuring that everyone has their basic needs covered. That's righteousness. It also means caring for your family and practicing fairness in business transactions. There is a scripture, it is my very favorite scripture, actually, in the entire Bible. It's Isaiah 58. The prophet sounds like he's just done, or maybe it's that God is just done. There is stuff going down, 
among the people, especially again, the leaders, that just isn't good. And so here we hear God rain down some pretty serious critique on the people. I'll just read a portion of Isaiah 58. So God says to Isaiah, shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness. Hmm. So God is kind of being sarcastic here. As if they were a nation that practiced righteousness. God is saying, I hear the people calling on me as if they practiced righteousness, as if they were unstained by sin. And the people, what they say to God is, why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? So here God is quoting the people, what they say, what we say about well, look at us, God. We are doing all of these good religious things, but you don't notice what we're doing. What? Give us some recognition here. Give us some attention. We're doing the right things. We want to hear back that we're doing the right things. So why don't you notice us? And then God says, look, you serve your own interest on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? But then God says, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. We see very clearly here that God is critical of the ways that the people were practicing their religion. The people, the leaders especially, were self-righteous. They thought they were doing it right. But God points out here that they're oppressing their workers. They're not being fair. They're doing violence. They are practicing their religion. They're fasting. They're humbling themselves, supposedly, but they're not really doing it. It's an outward practice, but not an inward posture of humility. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus is righteous. Righteousness comes from God. And some people are deemed righteous because of their faith. Although it's less clear, I would say, in the New Testament about if someone can be righteous. I think the dominant message in the New Testament is that we can't ever be completely righteous. And that lack is precisely why Jesus came to be among us. Jesus is righteous. And so God, who is good and fair, 
is seeking justice. And since we can't be completely righteous, completely good, we are not deserving of uh, life. I mean, that's, it's a little bit harsh, but that, that is the um, actual theology of portions of the New Testament, that the wages of sin are death. So because we are sinful, um, we, we, there's a price to pay. And so Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is the one who is right, um, practices right action, and also is right with God. In Romans, here's the lack of clarity for me. In Romans, Paul writes about Abraham and says that he was righteous due to his faith in God that led him to do what God called him to do. Perhaps you remember from the book of Genesis when God comes to Abram and Sarai and says, I want you to go where I tell you to go. And they do, just kind of out of the blue. God comes to Abram and Sarai and they just go and they do it. It's amazing. And for that reason, Abraham is deemed righteous because he follows the call of God. In many ways, righteousness is what we hope our religion looks like when we are out and about in the world. Righteousness is when we follow the call of God. Righteousness is loving people, forgiving people, caring for people, doing justice. Righteousness is seeking the good. As Christians, we know we are never going to be perfectly righteous, but that is no reason to not seek the good. Here at Grace, our mission statement reads, by God's grace, we are in the city for good. You could say that our mission is righteousness by the grace of God. Thanks for listening. Next up in our theological ABCs, we lift up S for salvation. You won't want to miss that.